Welcome to Real Life Rescues, a podcast that's going to go behind the scenes and take an in-depth look into the operational and personal accounts of EMS first responders from Israel's largest fully volunteer EMS provider, United Atzala. Any volunteers available in Beit Shemesh across from the Noach Ayala trails? And units available in Tamaria near the Kinara for an 11-year-old boy pulled into the water, possibly drowning. Eight or seven is in the water with the boat. Backup units needed. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Real Life Rescues, a podcast that goes behind the scenes and takes an in-depth look into the operational and personal accounts of EMS first responders from Israel's largest fully volunteer EMS provider, United Atzala. I'm Rafael Posh. And I'm Dovi Mizell. Today we're going to talk about a little bit about the difference uh, of having community-based responders having to respond to emergencies anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Um, and uh, I guess uh, that system differs a little bit from what we call... Any other system any in the other world. System. I was going to say the regular style of system where people are either at a at a station or a house and then being dispatched from that point, um, or even in places where there are volunteer responders where they have everyone goes to the ambulance and then gets the ambulance and drives out in the ambulance. Uh, often our, our individual responders go out in their cars, on bicycles, by foot, uh, on their own private motorcycles, on organizational ambicycles, whatever they happen to have around uh, around by them. Sometimes they just go to their neighbor's house across the hallway with their medic bag. Well, that's the, whole con- that's the whole concept of community-based emergency response is that random responder that happens to be in the area as opposed to the uh, scheduled shift and, and, and posting station. Right. We even had an instance like that yesterday. I remember there was a, there was an incident near where I live uh, in the area of Gush Etzion, um, where all the volunteers from our towns, wherever we happen to be, uh, at the time of the incident, were rushing out from their towns to respond, and there's already somebody there at the intersection where the incident took place, uh, who happened to be not from the area, but he was just driving by. Let, let, let's simplify it. It's Uber, Uber of life saving. That's the idea: is creating a network wide, uh, a wide network throughout the country of of thousands of community based responders. These are regular people going about their day at work, at home, shopping. To the, to the movie theater, whatever it is. And the whole idea is that whenever there's an incident somewhere, and we've spoken about this before, whenever there's an incident somewhere, it's that random person that happened to be driving by on the street or the neighbor across the hall or, or the, the person in the movie theater with you. And, and, and the, the ability to, uh, to uh, think differently about the method of responding, it's not about um, the, uh, the posting station of where the ambulance should be or the shift or the... It's just leveraging power of community. Right. And that uh, obviously leads us to, uh, as we do call this podcast, Real Life Rescues, we're going to talk about some of those strange instances where that happened. <laughs> um, and what, what uh, I guess, hijinks came out of that. We, my favorite picture, um, and I've, I've been involved with this organization for about six years. Um, I, uh, I've seen a lot of photos that volunteers post on their Facebook pages and on Instagram and whatever else is going on. And I think my favorite picture of all time over the last six years I've been involved, uh, was was from the uh, parking garage collapse in Tel Aviv. And we had a, a, a number of responders who were in the area, and everyone responded on there. And it was declared a mass casualty at the incident. Um, there was a number of workers who were trapped in the parking garage after it collapsed. And people came from all over the Tel Aviv area to respond to that incident. And I remember uh, there's there's a picture of all of the ambulance teams and the first responders who showed up, and they've all got their beds, and they're all standing in a row waiting in the uh, in, staging area, in the staging area for uh, people to bring the the I guess the the victims or the injured out of the parking garage that collapsed. 
um, and they to bring them to the staging area so they could be put onto an ambulance. And you go down the picture and you see like the ambulance teams are all in their gear and all in their outfits and everything. And then there's a couple people in bathing suits. And well, it wasn't <laughs> just a person, couple of people in bathing there was suits. One it, woman happened, in it happened and to be. Yeah, well, well, yeah, <laughs> but uh, there was a good excuse for that. Those were a lot of BLS uh, responders over there, and the only ALS paramedic happened to be our our paramedic that was at the beach a half a block away, and 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 literally threw on the the orange response vest and 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 was doing the triage there as as, as uh, you know the the primary ALS uh, uh, triage uh, right. uh, master if so yeah. to speak and she was at the beach she was just taking a day at the beach and she had her communication device with her she had her phone and she saw the alert and picked up and ran and she was there in a bathing suit and flip-flops and the vest and she was in charge of the staging area because yeah. she was the highest trained medical personnel there Quite, quite amusing, quite amusing. Actually, we see these all the time. We do. We see, we see the volunteer at the swimming pool where he's in the at the swimming pool, the community swimming pool with his family, and and and, and there's a call right there, and you'll see them in their in their uh, um, bathing suits or or whatever it is, or on a hiking trail, or or it, it's just that responder that happens to be right there. I'll give you a, one personal story that I had a couple of years back. I was uh, on, on the summer vacation. I went camping with my family. Um, in a uh, one of these uh, natural camping sites um, in in the wild um, up north, and I was I don't know I was hanging around just getting my little kids out of the water and going back to the tent you know to prepare for lunch, and and suddenly my uh, my device goes off beeping away and I look at it and my, the campsite that I was uh, was uh, was at was called Ganehuga. Whatever, that's the name of the place. And I see Ganehuga anaphylactic reaction um, uh, of, a, of a child. And I'm like, okay. I lift my head up. I look around. And I see, I don't know, it must have been, I don't know, 150 feet away. I see a whole ruckus there, people, you know, yelling and whatever. And me, like a good paramedic uh, volunteer, I built my tent literally three feet away from my car. So I grab my, I grab my, my ALS kit. From, from the car and I run over there and and I see it was I think an eight-year-old kid an eight-year-old kid full blown anaphylaxis and anaphylactic shock uh, I pull out you know immediately take vitals pull out the epi um, uh, administer the epinephrine start uh, buterol you know whatever full full protocol of of uh, of uh, anaphylaxis and mind you this camping site must be I don't know at least 25, 30 minutes away from the nearest ambulance. Yeah, it's it's pretty out there. I, and, and I'm treating I've gotten him. there myself recently a couple of times. It's and after, nice I don't know, must have been, I don't know, maybe seven or eight minutes, another volunteer comes running up to me in full gear, dress and everything. He said, I happened to be driving on the highway right at the intersection to the entrance to this uh, natural reserve. And I get the, and I got the call and I, and, and I ran in and I see here and we, and we treated this kid for, I don't know, it must have been maybe 25 minutes, almost 30 minutes. By the time the ambulance got there, the kid was literally sitting up on the grass, smiling, sipping a can of Coke. And, yeah. <laughs> and that's what it's like. That's what it's like. I mean, um, it, they, it really happens. Community. Yeah. <laughs> and it really happens anytime, anyplace, anywhere. And um, it causes it causes strange strange incidents. I had I had a similar incident. It causes domestic family issues whenever you're trying to go somewhere with your family and you're busy running on calls. 
Or your wife complains that you're like, oh my gosh, our entire car is taken up by your medical kit and equipment and stuff. Oh, well, relating to that. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, uh, this was, I don't know, a few years back, I switched my car and I put all of my gear inside, you know, I, I put my, my MRX and I put my ALS kit and I put all my, yeah, you have a lot of all, all my stuff my there. My car's only like half full. And my like wife full. comes and says, okay, um, uh, we're going on vacation. We need room in the trunks. So I say, listen, dear. This is all going with me. Let's pack less. <laughs> but it, it, we, we can't leave our equipment because the whole concept of what we do is these random calls because the whole system is designed to, I mean, if, if the app goes off on my, on my device, it means I'm within a five to 10 minute vicinity of this emergency. And, and, and that really is, is a game changer, especially when going out to the periphery and 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 the suburban areas, and of course out in the country, yeah. and 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 that's where where it's so impactful to have these random people. I mean, we look at our in our dispatch center, we can look at the map, and and see our six thousand uh, doctors, EMTs, and paramedics just strolling around the country, and 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 you do the math, no matter where the call is, and that's how we're able to achieve three minute average response time nationally. That's right. And that's really what uh, where the magic comes in. Um, remember, there was a call I had recently. It happened in the middle of the night, and it came out as a as a stabbing incident in my town, in the town I live in, in Efrat. I uh, um, and it came out there. As, in those instances, we automatically the first thing we usually think is we think it's like oh my gosh, terror attack a situation like that. Safety, 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 safety. So of course I'm thinking safety, and I'm one of the closest responders. I got the alert, um, and location is just a couple hundred meters from my house. It's one o'clock in the morning. I was in pajamas. I was sleeping. And I got out of bed. I jumped on. Uh, I, I ran out. And I jumped on my motorcycle in order to respond to the call. Um, and, of course, safety first. So I get my helmet on. I have my, uh, my, my motorcycle jacket on, my ambicycle jacket on. And because I was in pajamas, I was wearing shorts that, that night. I uh, didn't have any pants on, so I put on leg protectors for the motorcycle. But I'm still in shorts. And I'm driving pretty quickly to this emergency and uh, driving on a motorcycle in shorts is not a good idea. Uh, just for anyone who's ever done it, uh, you know, you know, the challenges that come uh, with wind and draft and all that sorts of fun things. I think that goes back to safety issue. That goes Raphael. back to safety issue, but more for other people. <laughs> but uh, it, it was, it was one of those situations. I was basically driving and it wasn't the most comfortable situation, but it was there and we got there and we treated the person. Thankfully it was, not a terror incident, just some kids, uh, unfortunately, having too much fun in the park, and one of them got stabbed from a tree branch um, as he got pushed into the tree pretty hard by his friend. Yikes. Uh, so we treated him, and when the ambulance finally arrived, we got him off to the ambulance, and then I started getting the weird looks. Of course, I looked around, and I saw some of my fellow responders, and at that point, it was just sort of like a fashion show of everyone's pajamas. I'm like... But that's why, Rafael, when we go to the EMS conferences, we pick up uh, the sweatpants of a with a big paramedic printing on them and the sweatshirts so we can go out actually dressed half normally to these calls yeah but you know israel it's hot in the summertime it's hot in the summertime i always want to sleep in sweatpants but it actually becomes funnier it actually becomes funnier when you have our volunteers that are farmers yes <laughs> that that's when it really becomes funny they show up in these big overalls and overalls or you know, you know coming from uh from uh the, the barn and 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 walking in and like what and we're like, well, you want help or not? <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
We've had uh, some instances. There was actually a, a story. Just uh, one of our one of farmers, fellow Rami Shaya from uh, Deboker, who's a farmer, was down in the me, desert. Down in the desert, um, twenty five minutes from anywhere, really, <laughs> at least, um, and literally thirty miles from the nearest city. Uh, and he he basically uh, he was just telling me a story where he had a situation where he was called in. Um, there was a, there was an emergency call of uh, someone suffering chest pain in the town right next to him and uh, uh, the Ben Gurion College. The village. The village. It's not even a town. Not even a town. Um, the Ben Gurion College area, which is very close, and he he responded and went over to the fellow, and the fellow said, "I don't need to go to the hospital." And his wife is saying, "You need to go to the hospital." And the guy's like, "I don't need to go to the hospital." Rami, what do you think? They're having a fight whether he needs to go to the hospital. The wife wife called emergency services. Rami showed up. He looked at the fellow and he said, "Do you have plans tomorrow?" The guy said, "Yeah, I've got this. I've got that. I've got this. I've got." This. He said, "Good, cancel them." <laughs> the guy's like, "Why?" Rami said, "Because if you don't go to the hospital, you're going to be dead." <laughs> the guy very quickly, calmly decided. Whenever the ambulance showed up, he got into the ambulance and went to the hospital. He's like, "If Rami says it, I'm doing it." Listen, but, it's 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 the 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 local. It's like like a local doctor in the in the Wild West, uh, yeah. in those areas. Because sometimes you're the only one there, and, uh, and that was that instance. Um, but farmer, you said farmers. That sort of reminded me of Rami's story because uh, he he farms um, type of seed. Well, J- I, 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 had a, I had a better I had a better one. I was I was happened to be visiting a friend in one of these uh, farms in the kibbutz somewhere, and a call comes in in the kibbutz. It was chest pain or whatever it is. And another volunteer, paramedic, works in the barn with the cows. So he obviously jumps on his, uh, whatever it was, a small ATV or whatever whatever he gets around on in the kibbutz there and comes over to the call. And and it's an elderly patient, uh, bed-bound, uh, treating him. And, and somebody says, like, maybe we need to change his diaper. And and we I suddenly look at, at this other guy and I say, mm-mm. It ain't the diaper. It's our responder here, and you can see his boots, which were <laughs> up to his oh, knees, man. basically in manure. <laughs> wow. But this is turning into a really dirty episode. But, <laughs> dirty, literally, <laughs> yeah. But but then again, it saves lives. It's it's very simple. It's very simple, and and yeah, there are amusing situations, but the ability, but on a serious note, the ability to leverage just people, random people, and it's not random people. It's random EMTs and paramedics that are out in the community doing whatever they're doing and being able to to be that responder and get there within 90 seconds or two minutes and, and perform those life-saving procedures, be it defibrillation with an AED, be it EpiPen, be it, be it whatever. It really is the game changer. And, and, and that's the difference. And that's the difference. And, 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 and yeah, there are a lot of amusing and funny stories coming along with it, which makes it more fun. And I guess keeps a smile on our face and the energy going. Yeah, very much so. And it also inspires a lot of people because what ends up what ends up happening is that um, we end up in a situation where people see this happening. People from the community, people in the area, uh, who see a first responder rushing out to a call, dropping whatever they're doing in a crazy situation, wearing whatever they're wearing, uh, and going and saving a life and making a difference. It it inspires people, and then those people who witness it sometimes even join up. There was a, a story of um, a fellow as a security Not guard. Some. Not some, a lot, lot of them, a lot. Uh, mind uh, you, we 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 say this half joke, half serious. Is that the, our volunteers are are most recognized wearing their orange vests uh, that have all of the equipment in it and everything, and 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 the community regards it as the community superheroes, and that's their cape, and and, and like you're saying, Rafael, it inspires them, 
and it, it empowers the volunteers in the community on the one hand. And, and yeah, it, it inspires others to actually take action and join and say, hey, if my neighbor can do it, and he's not like a doctor or anything or a professor, he's just, you know, like the Joe from the convenience store, and, 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 and he can do it, why can't I? And, and it becomes a, a, a you know, we're, we're in days of pandemic, but it becomes a pandemic in the community on a, on a positive uh, on the positive angle of people wanting to join, people wanting to help and, 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 and join this community power of life-saving. Right. And I was about to tell a story about the, um, we have a security guard in Eilat. Uh, Eilat is, uh, is the southernmost t- town in, in it's Israel. It's our Miami. It's our Miami. It's our <laughs> resort town. Uh, it's got all the big hotels down there. And he's a security guard in one of the hotels. He lives in the city and he works as a security guard in the city. And he saw an incident where uh, a kid was choking um, and the parents uh, screamed for help, brought the kid down to the lobby and handed him to the security guard. And the security guard's like, I don't know what to do. He didn't know what to do, but a minute later, a volunteer ran in, also from a lot, from who works two hotels over, uh, in in the kitchens, and he ran in and did the Heimlich maneuver on the kid, and the kid survived. Um, the security guard at that point said, "This is this is amazing. I have to do this," and joined up and has himself saved uh, a good couple of lives uh, in his hotel in the area, in a lot, and it's all because he saw another volunteer go in. And he kind of caught the bug, as you were saying. It's a pandemic, so he's like, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's catching, it's catching. So it's it's funny that earlier you mentioned Gane Huga because I go there with my family now a lot. Also, my kids really enjoy it. It's a it's a beautiful area with with a lot of natural, natural springs. springs. Yeah, it's got three different natural springs. That tr- they turn what's one big spring? They turned into three different pools you can swim in, and it's actually got like playground apparatus inside one of the pools, which is very unique. Um, so I went there this past Sukkot, uh, which is the Feast of Tabernacles back in, in September this year, September, October time. Uh, we went camping for a couple days and we, we actually brought a tent with the logo of United Atzala on it because United, United Atzala gives out. Let's just put up a sign and say here for <laughs> every scratch and bruise, come and bug me while I'm camping. <laughs> so it was, it was really that, it was really like that. Now the, 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 explain these tents, these tents are big, bright orange with this huge, Star of Life logo on it, like that's that's the things are given, yeah. and the organization gave them to the volunteers. Thankfully, like uh, was a year ago, two years ago, as a gift to all the volunteers, saying thank you for your hard work, which is also something that keeps up morale. It keeps up uh, the idea of, of appreciation of the work that the volunteers do, and they give of themselves uh, and their families who give of their time. So we went to the uh, went to Ganehuga, and we're there with a tent, and everything's there, and. and Somebody see another one pop up. <laughs> There's another volunteer who's also there. Same thing happened to me camping by Masada. And I, we, 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 we set up shop at night. We set up our tent, whatever it was. I had a bigger tent, not that one. But I wake up in the morning and I see three orange United Hatsala balloons right next to me. And I'm like, hey, I can't <laughs> escape anyone in this place. No, no they're all <laughs> over the place. We're everywhere. Uh, so we started talking, two of us. And lo and behold, someone came up to us with a, a very, very bad... Um, it's a abrasion on their arm. They they had slipped uh, while trying to trek up one of the hills in the area and came down, and their arm was at a nice big gash. Um, and of course, we bandaged them when we instructed them to go to the, get it checked out of the hospital to make sure there was no infection, or anything. Uh, following, of course, protocol. But it was nice that we both had uh, the gear at hand. It wasn't anything as dramatic as anaphylaxis, but it's still nice. And people knew to come to us because they already saw the orange vest, they saw the orange tent, they knew we were there, and and. Obviously, in Israel, people don't even assume they can bother you. They just bother you. They just—they just like we're coming up. We're—we're we're not even—we're not even gonna ask questions. We're just gonna come up and say, "Hey, I need help." Um, and that's kind of also one of the beautiful things here about the about the country is that everyone 
feels a little friendly, sometimes too much. But because they they felt that way and because they saw uh, our, our logo and they knew what it meant, uh, they were able to come and they were able to treat them at the scene uh, before they went on their own to, to get more uh, medical care at the hospital itself. So just to connect to that is really like uh, in Israel, um, there is a big culture here of... Uh, of uh, hiking and, and camping and, and, and things like that, especially during uh, summer breaks and, and things like that. So, so we just find a lot of incidents where we're having this um, community-based, I say community, but this isn't in the community. This is a community of volunteers going out into nature and, and be these super responders um, in the most remote areas where response time is, is really the worst, where it can take half an hour or an hour for an ambulance to arrive or that helicopter or whatever it is. And, and just being that person who happens to be walking down that trail or up that mountain or or down by the river and, and performing the first response actions. And obviously our volunteers will always carry that that basic first aid kit on them and, 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 and that life-saving equipment and the ability to leverage technology that we use. To give the exact location, the coordinates, uh, transmit live video and information from the from the field backwards to to HQ, and from there to whatever other resources are coming, be it the the coordinates to land the helicopter or 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 send the fire department with the or search and rescue or whatever it is, the ability just to use this power of people who I, I like I said before the random, the random responder who happened to be there is a force multiplier on so many levels that chops away on, on time of response. It makes it much more efficient. And I, I, I would say to a certain extent, is already taken for granted here. We take it for granted having these people everywhere, whereas in other places you could be struggling to get the exact location and things like that. Here you already, not only do you have the location for the resources to be responding, but also to have that initial response on scene in a professional response i i think that that's that, a lot because it adds it adds the action of also the first responders at the scene can then relay back what additional source resources are needed and thereby cut back on the amount of resources they're being sent out to these far-flung places but it's not 100 percent random we also we also seeded a couple of people well that's there the concept and the whole concept right. is is spreading out people geographically throughout the country to have people everywhere creates a lot of random people but with the master plan in the background is really getting sure. enough people uh, enough people everywhere. And I think that really is, at the end of the day, the real game changer. And, and it's something that can be implemented anywhere, essentially. Absolutely. It really can. And, and you mentioned, the, I think, in an earlier episode that we had a game plan to, to seed people in certain areas yes. where we needed them. We do. That's, in order to create that system. That's how we operate. That's how we open our next courses. That's how we recruit people in the community is looking at the heat map. Of, of the country and seeing where our weak links are and strengthen them by seeding the people there and recruiting them and training them. Exactly. So I, I think that it, it, we, we got in this episode from pajamas and shorts to hiking in nature. But so I ma- think that, master plan and training. Yeah. Um, and I meant you mentioned Masada earlier. So it's interesting because we have one volunteer at Masada. Masada's by the Dead Sea. There's there's no towns or cities that are, that are nearby. This, this very small kibbutzim. Uh, that are close, that are located nearby, um, and we have one volunteer who works every day. He goes from Arad, which is a city. It's about a, a twenty to thirty minute drive away from Masada. And he goes and he drives to Masada. And he works every day in Masada, and he's one of the staff members there. And he became a volunteer. And we have someone at the end of a hiking trail, uh, also in the Dead Sea area, uh, in the Bokek hiking trail, which is a very popular hiking trail, uh, especially for families because it's relatively flat. Um, and the volunteer there also saw there was a need. People were getting injured because there's a waterfall at the end that everyone. There's this big sign saying, don't climb up the waterfall. So what do people do? 
Of course, they climb up the waterfall, and then they fall, and they get injured. And she saw this. It was her job as the park ranger to be there to assist, and she went and took training because now she has a medical kit, and she's at that waterfall all the time and helping people before anyone can even get to the hike. Forget about getting to the location. Then you have a 20-minute hike to get there. Um, so there was there is that master plan, the heat map, the, the idea of trying to see people in areas where we see the need. Uh, and then going from there, of course, with all the volunteers who are around, during, especially during the hiking seasons uh, and the warm, the warm summertime when everyone's on break, uh, where volunteers are all over the place, they obviously take their medical equipment with them and go and respond to medical emergencies that are too. So that's it all for the time we have this time. All righty. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you all next time. We'll see you in the next episode.